Hello again, everybody. I'm your host, Felipe. Flying solo today as we are talking about the rookies of the year. Uh, this will be our last show before the Thanksgiving break. And uh, as we are counting down to the last few episodes of the Total Basis podcast, uh, wrapping up for the 2021 campaign and looking forward to season three in January. All right. We got a couple of people in. I see Melvin already giving me his predictions. Uh, 24 hours later after I asked, no, I'm joking, but uh, yeah, we'll get to them. But uh, we will be talking about rookies, uh, hitters, starting pitchers, and relief pitchers. So let's get to it. As always, this is the show that uh, is run by the spreadsheets. So I hope you guys like the spreadsheet, for lack of a better. I don't know. I got nothing for you all. It's a total basis podcast. What do you expect? Come on, guys. We come in with the facts. And there you have it. Uh, it's the uh, best rookie hitters of the year. I'm still looking to see if it there it is. All right. I see it. Make it a little bit bigger. Bam. All right. So it's the uh, 2021 best rookie hitters. Minimum 150 plate appearances. Uh, at Fangers, I believe they were doing 160. But I like, as you guys know, I like to lower the plate appearances down a little bit so I can get more names on the board here. And right off the bat, Randy Rosarena uh, finishing at the top of my list here as the best rookie hitter in all of baseball. Uh, yeah, that's what I just said. And how do we get to this calculation? Well, as always, we like to use the advanced stats. Uh, got a couple of rate stats and a couple of uh, accumulated stats. We'll start with WOBA, weighted on base average, basically linear weights uh, to uh, measure how uh what kind of hits you're getting so you know singles and doubles and triples and home runs are measured differently and it is uh calculated in a way that it resembles a batting average for people to um grasp it easier you can check out that definition over at fangraphs.com for more of an explanation and check out the gory math there but uh surprisingly frank schwindel of the chicago cubs finishing number one in uh weighted on base average otherwise known as woba so that is kind of surprising. Uh, so what I did here was uh, I go on a Fangrass leaderboard, uh, sorted by the statistics I'm looking for. In this instance, it's WOBA, weighted on base average. I sort it. And if, uh, in this case, Frank Schwindel finishing first in that category, he gets 10 points. Connor Joe gets nine points. Jonathan India gets eight points. Gavin Sheets gets seven. Rosarena gets six. Uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, Frank Schwindel, Connor Joe, Jonathan India, Gavin Sheets, Randy Rosanna, I just mentioned, uh, Patrick Wisdom, Tyler Stevenson, surprisingly in there, Lamont Wade Jr., Ramon Urias, who uh, I am surprised to see his name show up a bunch of times here. So that's, you could say that he's my surprise uh, of this uh, Woba leaderboard. And then Brendan Rogers to round out the top 10 uh, as he and Urias tied for ninth. Uh, yeah, for ninth. So Ramon Arias, that's the big shocker. I did, you know, when I saw him available um, in fantasy leagues this past year, uh, I kind of ignored him. I didn't want anything to do with him. Only Urias I want is Luis. But apparently I should have been paying attention to Ramon because Ramon was killing it this year, finishing the season with uh, only seven home runs and uh, 296 plate appearances. Uh, he could, uh, you know, he, he was hit. He was uh, flirting with that ten percent walk rate, but he hit for a two seventy nine batting average, a three sixty one on base percentage, and four twelve slugging percentage. That's not too bad for uh, a middle infielder like him. That's really not bad at all. Uh, would explain why his woba was so high among the rookies. 
Uh, how's this plate discipline? I got to scroll all the way down on the Fangrass page on the opposite screen. Yeah, a very patient hitter, like extremely patient. Doesn't like to swing at pitches he doesn't uh, like. Makes decent amount of contact both inside the strike zone and outside the strike zone. And doesn't chase. Just doesn't chase. Yeah, swinging strike percentage of 9.7%. So anything, I, always, I think it's still the case that anything below 10% is still really darn good. So good job, Ramon Arias. I will never doubt you ever again. Or maybe I will. I don't know. 27-year-old rookie, though. <laughs> well, this either might be the peak or he might be a late bloomer and the start of something awesome and fresh for him. But until uh, we see more of a sample size, um, I will continue to take a wait-and-see approach. But you are on my radar. So congratulations, Ramon Urias. So let's move on to the next category, which is uh, WRC+. Weighted it runs created plus uh it's kind of like this i think from what i remember that's basically taking woba but adding ballpark and league factors uh and, and uh yeah, basically anything above 100 is really good so if you uh if you're getting a 110 wrc plus weighted runs created plus you are 10 percent better than league average uh, if you're at 90 you're 10 percent below league average so you want to make sure you stay over 100. That's all you need to know about that one. And Frank Schwindel, once again, leading that category. Uh, it's getting to the point where we might have to consider Frank Schwindel as a legit um, starting first baseman among fantasy leagues. And maybe, uh, I hate to say this as a Cubs fan, but maybe even consider him. Oh, man. No, I still think he's a stopgap solution to the Cubs. Uh, first base and outfield issues. I think you could play he could play a little bit of outfield from what I remember. I uh, I don't trust him. But if he's going to be hitting like this, then you could do a lot worse in the middle of your lineup and uh, for a power slugging first baseman. So there's a guy, Randy Rosarena, finishing second. Wander Franco, kind of a late addition to the season, finishing a third in WRC+. Plus. Gavin Sheets, uh, the big uh, slugging uh, corner outfielder for the White Sox, finishing in fourth. And Jonathan India finishing in fifth. Any surprises? Jesus Sanchez makes his first appearance on this list. Um, and Brian De La Cruz of the Marlins also making an appearance. So the Marlins are going to be well represented on these rookie lists, uh, as you guys will see in just a bit. Offensive runs above, uh, what was it called? Runs above, Jesus, I can't, runs above replacement, sorry. So this is pretty much the uh, the Fangraphs component uh, for war for their war calculation. This is the offensive component of that, and no surprise, this is accumulated stat. And of course, Randy Rosena, who played, who had like what almost 650 plate appearances, if I remember correctly. I might be wrong, but I know he was over 600 plate appearances. Finishing in first, no question about it. No surprise here. Jonathan India finishing in second in that in this uh, accumulating stat. Frank Schwindel finishing in third. Wander Franco making another appearance uh, in fourth. In fifth is Dylan Carlson. Akil Badu making his first appearance. Ryan Mountcastle, who uh, came in with a lot of hype uh, this uh, past offseason among uh, fantasy circles and uh, just uh, baseball junkies in general. Uh, wondering if this is, will be the finally the year that Ryan Mountcastle puts things together and can be productive, can be the productive power hitting corner infielder slash corner outfielder that we all thought he could be. Um, and what were the results here? I mean, 33 home runs. That's pretty darn good. Uh, it's a little the strikeouts a little high, but at least it's below 30% uh, strikeout rate of 27 and a half percent. 
The 232 isolated power. Yeah, the, the power's legit, you guys. Power's legit. The one concern about him, it is that he only hit for a 255 batting average. And even worse, uh, he posted a 309 on base percentage. So lots of uh, things to work out there um, if Ryan Moncastle is to be taken seriously. I mean, the, I mean, those numbers are so bad. They're Nolan Arenado and St. Louis Cardinal uh, bad. Yeah, I said it. Overrated. <laughs> Ryan Mountcastle. How's this plate discipline uh, numbers looking like here? Let's see. Do, 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 do. Yeah, this is the opposite of Ramon Arias. Uh, Mountcastle's an aggressive swinger. He will swing and hack at pitches. Uh, contact rate, uh, slightly worse. Uh, actually, it's, yeah, I mean, it's above 70% contact rate, regardless if it's outside or inside the strike zone. Um, I think we're Ramon Arias with a 78%. Mountcastle's a 70%. So, I mean, we know what this guy is. He's a big, bopping, power-hitting slugger. And the swinging strike percentage of 16.2%. That, that's scary. That's um, He needs to work on that. And uh, for those wondering, well, 16.29%. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, all right. So, let's look at the leaderboard among all the qualifying. Uh, this is my other screen, so I do apologize if you guys were interested in looking at it. But at 16.2% among all qualifying hitters this past season in 2021 for Ryan Mountcastle, 16.2%. That's the sixth highest in the league. In front of him are guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, you know, <laughs> if, if, uh, if you guys like your hitters to be a little bit patient, Tatis Jr. is not that guy. But he well, well then makes up for it by having a very exciting bat uh, and just an overall exciting player. So he'll be fine. Adolos Garcia, I feel like he kind of flamed out. He's in fourth with 17.2% swinging strike percentage. Avisal Garcia, who's always been a very impatient, free-swinging hitter. He's in third. Actually, he's tied for second uh, with Salvador Perez. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a, of a, of a pattern here with among these hitters who have a very high swinging strike percentage because number one in the hoodie is Javier Baez at 21.7%, the only player above 20% Javier Baez just continues to hack at every pitch that he sees, almost every pitch that he sees. And um, hmm, what just happened? Did I get booted? What the hell? I'd look around. Uh, I'm still here. I thought I got booted. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that was that about. I would look at my, uh, my, my phone and uh, I'm no longer on the page, but no, it looks like we're good to go. Anyway, those are the uh, impatient hitters that are, Actually, Tyler O'Neill also on this list. We talked about in a previous episode recently uh, having a breakout year, but 16.2 swinging strike percentage. You know, he's a power hitting slugger who likes to swing at a lot of pitch. I believe that he did go over 30% strikeout rate, if I remember correctly. Tyler O'Neill, let's take a quick look. We're waiting on the other screen for the fan graphs page to load up a little bit. Yep, 31.3% strikeout rate for Tyler O'Neill. So, but, you know, he makes up for it by hitting 34 home runs so and, and 15 stolen bases. We, we talked about him in the uh, in a previous episode. So, yeah, you, you take the good with the bad with guys like that. WRC, it's kind of like WRC+. Plus. It's kind of like Woba, but it's an accumulated stat. Just trying to figure out uh, what the production, uh, overall encompassing offensive production for a hitter has been. Again, check out these uh, Definitions over at fangraphs.com because they go very um, lengthy and very detailed uh, with these uh, statistics. There are some very abstract ideas, but I believe in them. I like them. They're very, I mean, I just take them at face value at this point. I mean, are you going to tell me that Jonathan India does not belong at, as a number one guy in the list? He did play a lot this year, breakout year, had a wonderful season. 
Uh, and uh, he's already been named to a bunch of other publications, uh, Rookie of the Year awards, inc- uh, most notably Baseball America. And I believe the Baseball Writers of uh, Baseball Writers Association of America will be making their list. And I have no doubt that Jonathan India will be uh, your National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, 24 years old. Is he still? Yeah, he'll be 25 in December. So his birthday it was about a month. It's a month from now. So that's pretty cool. 21 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 11.3 walk percentage, 22.3 strikeout rate, which a lot lower than the other guys we mentioned. You know, the uh, Ryan Mountcastle and the uh, Tyler O'Neills of the world. 190 isolated power from a second baseman. I mean, you'll take that any day of the week. Uh, the batting average was pretty low at 269, but the, the on base, which is legit, 376 on base percentage, 459 slugging percentage again for a second baseman. You will take that. And uh, finishing with a war, wins above replacement of 3.9. So very respectable year, uh, regardless if he's uh, a rookie or not. Any player would take that. Any middle infielder would take that season the, the way that Jonathan India took this year. Uh, in terms of the plate discipline, very patient hitter, makes uh, enough contact uh, where uh, he's not causing you any um deficiencies in that category 8.9 swinging strike percentage so the discipline does travel the discipline does uh come with results the what's the stack cast the issue with him is the low exit velocity uh and a low barrel rate but it's all right you know he just sprays the ball to the gaps and good things happen uh yeah 34 doubles so what else do you want from a from a second baseman i i honestly don't know at this point, if you're not satisfied with that, Randy Arozarena, Dylan Carlson, Wright Mountcastle, and Adoles Garcia making his first appearance on the list. Uh, a lot of guys are making a, their first appearance on the list. Pavin Smith, Bobby Dahlbeck, Jazz Chisholm Jr., Tyler Stevenson, who Sean talked a lot about uh, this past year as a catcher to get. We already talked about him in a previous episode, how he finished among the uh, better catching hitters in this uh, past baseball season. Uh, Adoles Garcia, though, uh, I, I thought he, I, I could have sworn I must have dreamt this, or maybe it's real, but I thought he made the all-star game this year. And I remember not being happy with that. I was not thrilled to see him there because I didn't think he deserved it. I thought he did a lot of, uh, uh, most of his production was a lot through smoke and mirrors, 28 year old, uh, rookie, I guess, <laughs> uh, 622 plate appearances, 31 home runs, 16 stolen bases. So if you're in fantasy leagues, the counting stats, you We'll take those in no matter what. But this is the concern right here. 31.2% strikeout rate. Just to get those 31 home runs, he had to strike out 31.2 strikeout. Uh, 31% of his plate appearances he struck out. Low batting average at 243. Uh, low on base percentage at 286. Slugging percentage is the only saving grace for him. F- respectable, decent 454. Uh, WRC plus of 100. So there's your league average hitter right there. Uh, Adoles Garcia. A 2.9 war. So, yeah. And I don't need to look at anything else about this guy. I, I can already imagine what kind of hitter he is. I mean, he, he hits the he hits the ball very well. Exit velocity, 91 miles an hour. Hard hit rate, uh, according to StatCast, of 45.3%. Uh, the, the guy's a, 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 a masher. But, yeah, he, 28 years old, I don't know how much more refining he can do at this point. But not, not going to hold my breath on that one. Total points. So, according to the rankings and the points that they garnered, Randy Rosarina, first place, Jonathan Indian, second place, Frank Schwindel in third, a distant fourth is Wander Franco. Uh, 
love would have loved to have seen what he could have done with a, a, a full season worth of plate appearances. Dylan Carlson and Gavin Sheets are tied for fifth. Uh, Connor Joe for the Rockies uh, make is in seventh. Lamont Ju- Wade Jr., who kind of uh, was talked a lot about during the San Francisco Giants uh, playoff run as a uh, as someone who kind of uh, saved their season on the offensive side, finished in eighth. Ryan Mountcastle in ninth, and uh, those are the double digit points getters. Uh, anybody else? I'm not going to mention, but if you're on the YouTube page or you're watching this live, you can check out the rest of the list there so i'll lower that a little bit there's the rest of the guys right here that's the single digits guys so 20 hitters were able to qualify for this list only nine finishing double digits so what's the best rookie lineup that you can uh people could have uh created for themselves this year so i didn't ask the other guys uh for their full list i wasn't thinking about doing it but then austin sent me his full list so i said well Boston's doing it. I might as well do it, but it's uh, it's such a last minute thing. It was not fair to ask the other guys. The one thing I did ask for them is to share with me their rookie of the year candidates or uh, rookie of the year winners as they see it. So there's Sean. Actually, there's a clean sweep between Felipe, Austin, and Sean picking Jonathan India as a National League rookie of the year. Vince went a little bit differently. Went Dylan Gar- uh, Dylan Carlson, uh, Randy Arozarena, Felipe, and Austin picked. Uh, Randy Arozarena as the American League Rookie of the Year. Vince went with Dolores Garcia, which uh, I not a fan, not a fan of that pick, but Vince uh, feels very strongly about it. Either that or he doesn't want to vote for the Tampa Bay Ray, or it could be maybe Vince forgot that Randy Arozarena qualifies as a rookie. I don't know. I wish I uh, should have asked him about that, but I, you know, like I said, last minute. Sean doesn't have uh, American League Rookie of the Year because his AL Roy is a pitcher which we'll get to in a bit. But here is the best rookie lineup you could have uh, created for yourself this past season in 2021. Tyler Stevenson is your catcher. At first base is Frank Schwindel. Second base, Jonathan India. Shortstop, Wander Franco. Third base, Patrick Wisdom Teeth. Your outfield is consistent uh, consistent of Randy Arozarena, Dylan Carson, and here's where Austin and I differ. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Connor Joe, I have as my third outfielder. Austin has Adoles Garcia. My utility spot goes to Gavin Sheets. And in this situation, utility means, you know, just basically an extra hitter. Uh, Gavin Sheets is my uh, power hitting utility guy. And Connor Joe from the Rockets, who also had a pretty good year, is the utility guy for Austin. So it looks like the only difference is I have Gavin Sheets on my team and Austin has Adoles Garcia on his team. Before I move on to the best rookie starting pitchers, you know what? Let's uh, go ahead and uh, there you go. Let's go ahead and show off that uh, spreadsheet a little bit for everybody who is watching live or on YouTube. There it is. Is that yeah, the freeze is on? So take a look at the names. I'm gonna sip a little bit of this tea as I take my first drinking break. Hold on a minute. Ah, that is none of my business. Let me take another one. Mm-mm. Nothing like a mint green tea and a cold winter, late afternoon, early evening. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day out there. But uh, like we did with the pitchers in the last episode, uh, we went both with the traditional and then, you know, trying to figure out who was the best four by five uh, best pitcher uh, in this past season for fantasy purposes. So four by five, that's wins, ERA, whip, and strikeouts. And uh, 
once again, if you finish in first place in a certain category, like who finished first and wins here? Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros got the 10 points for finishing in first among all rookies and in, in total wins. You know, you got nine points for finishing in second, or in this instance, Shane McClanahan and Cole Irvin tied for second in wins. Alec Manoa, Ian Anderson, and Vladimir Gutierrez uh, tied for fourth in wins. Uh, to round out the top 10, Tarek Skubal, James Caprilian, Trevor Rogers of the Marlins, and Casey Mize, the highly touted former first, first pick overall. Casey Mize, little by little, trying to figure his way out. Uh, and I think you guys would remember that Sean and I did discuss all the highly touted prospects who uh, who didn't pan out this year, or not just pan out, but they weren't ready to go. Like all the high level rookie pitchers that we've uh, seen on these, uh, you know, Baseball America list or the Major League Baseball prospects pipeline, those guys uh, were not ready to go this year. And I, I we just attribute that to the uh, pandemic really messing up uh, a lot of these guys' rhythm and their development. So hopefully another year, a full season under the belt uh, is what these guys are looking for uh, in order to get a speedy promotion to the show, Major League Baseball. ERA, Drew Rasmussen, who we talked a lot about this past year. He was traded from the Brewers to the Rays, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, And... uh, you know, kind of a, a deep sleeper coming into this year. Just We just didn't know what the Brewers were going to do with him to begin the year. If, there was, if he's going to be a bullpen guy, if he was just going to be a spot starter, are they going to go with a six-man rotation or a seven-man rotation? Who knows? The Brewers are one of those teams that they do things a little bit different over there. And uh, Rasmussen was able to get a, get in first. And I wonder how much of that. No, well, I, when, I, when I did this, I sorted it, you know, by starting pitchers and, so only his starting pitching stats should have appeared. So I guess it was still good enough. You know, qualify is 30 innings pitch to be on this list. So I guess Rasmussen is a legit number one ERA winner, according to my 30 innings pitch minimum requirement here. So congratulations to him. Uh, two more traditional starting pitchers, Trevor Rogers, Alec Manoa, finishing second and third. Zach Thompson, also from the Marlins, finishing in fourth. And Josh Rogers finishing in fifth in ERA. So Luis Garcia, Shane McClanahan make another appearance uh, on this category of ERA and making their first appearance, Tyler Gilbert, Carlos Hernandez, and Ian Anderson. So that rounds out your top 10. Who does Josh Rogers play with? I'm wondering, Josh Rogers, That why is that name? I mean, I know I've had Trevor Rogers in all my teams. Oh, I remember him now. Josh Rogers from the Nationals, left-handed. Uh, pitcher, how do you do this? Year? I mean, he obviously did good enough where he's on the ERA there. Um, okay, doesn't have much of a fastball, he's more of a breaking ball pitcher and uh, uh, tries to throw for command as opposed to uh, trying to impress people with his stuff. Let's see here two and two with 35 and two thirds innings pitch. Oh, god, low strikeouts, high walks, uh, gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah, but you know, low ERA, so that must mean he's very good, right? That's Oh man, yeah, gotta love ERA, earned run average. That's the only statistic that matters for pitchers. Where Josh Rogers can finish in the top ten despite being an awful pitcher, but that's okay. We're not here to judge. We're just here to spew out the facts and the numbers, and we go on to the whip, walks plus hits over innings pitch. Once again, Drew Rasmussen 
taking advantage of the fact that he's more of a relief pitcher than starting pitcher. So he really doesn't have to do um, pitch for too much of uh, stamina. He just goes out there and just, you know, peels back and just throws rockets uh, towards the catcher. Tyler Gilbert, I believe that's the guy from the Diamondbacks, not to be confused with Logan Gilbert, who does show up on the in the top 10 in whip. Let's see. Tyler Gilbert. Where is he? Uh, I need to be more specific. Okay, Tyler Gilbert. There he is. Rookie for the Arizona Diamondbacks, 27-year-old. Yeah, a lot of late bloomers. Like, I consider anybody who's over, over 24 to be a late bloomer. Like for me to be for for me to consider you a rookie, like a legit rookie or a, or a legit prospect, you got to at least be t- twenty four years or younger, and by age twenty five, you should be in the big leagues. Otherwise, you know you're you're the times are ticking against you. But Tyler Gilbert making his presence felt in twenty twenty one as a twenty seven year old left handed pitcher. How do you do this year? Uh, two and two record, uh, forty innings pitch. I guess same thing as Josh Rogers. <laughs> Low strikeouts. Uh, the walks, uh, he kept them pretty much in check, but that's a little bit high still for a guy who's supposed to have like uh, decent command of his pitches. Uh, finished with a wins above replacement of 0.5, so he was good for half a win above replacement. Yeah, in a minuscule 3.15 ERA, so that is a saving grace that he has a very low ERA despite the fact that he doesn't uh, have anything else that's impressive about him. But, you know, he comes with a low whip, so he must have been doing something right, right? Right. Hmm. Well, he does a good job of uh, giving up very weak contact. So, yeah, he's uh, all right. Well, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what he does next year. But uh, I'm definitely staying clear from Tyler Gilbert. Alec Manoa finishing in third. Huascar Yanoa making his appearance. I love this guy. But, man, he needs to keep his, he needs to keep his feelings in check. He's a guy who broke his hand. After getting frustrated and he punched the wall, broke his hand and missed a big chunk of the second half, made it back in time for the uh, uh, for the Atlanta Braves uh, championship run. But yeah, that's a guy I'm, I'm going to be looking out for. I really like him. I like love his stuff. He throws in the high 90s. Can't wait to see what he does next season. And hopefully he's matured to the point where he's not punching walls anymore. Tanner Hawk, uh, this is a guy that we talked about. From the very beginning of the year, season two of this podcast, we've been talking about him like, hey, the Red Sox, what are they doing? They need to uh, give this kid a chance and uh, let him flourish because he's better than any starting pitcher that the Red Sox have. I mean, Tanner Hoek or Martin Perez. I'm sorry. I'll I'll take Hoek all day, every day. So Hoek makes a list. Uh, Anybody else? Uh, We mentioned Zach Thompson. I think he's also one of those late bloomers as well. Uh, And that's going to be a theme. I mean, like I mentioned, uh, the highly touted prospects were just simply not ready. A lot of them were still in double A and still needed a lot of seasoning, a lot of polish. Zach Thompson for the Mons, 28-year-old. He just turned 28, so he was 27 during the season. Right-hander, big guy, 6'7", 230. So, I mean, he he fits that stature that Felipe's always looking for. He's a big, big starting pitcher, big hoss over there. But uh, does have a little bit of problems with the command. Low upside but a really good fastball and slider mix. So just wondering if that will actually travel into next season. Finished with a three and seven record. 75 innings pitch in between uh, uh, starting roles and relief appearances. Finally, we see a decent K per nine of 7.92 per nine innings. 3.36 walk per nine, which is a little bit high. You, I, I, wanna, I always want those to be below uh, 3.00. 
But for a guy who strikes out that many guys in only his first season, you'll take it. You'll take the 3.36 walk per nine innings. Doesn't give up too many home runs uh, per nine innings, I should say. And the advanced, at least the field independent pitching does uh, agree that he's a pretty, that his CRA actually is indicative of his skill set or how good he really is. Uh, what's the stat cast? Yeah, gives up very uh, low level contact, doesn't give up um, the big play, so to speak, to use a football axiom. So, yeah, there's uh, Zach Thompson. So keep an eye out on him, see what he does for next season. Logan Gilbert making his first appearance on the list. Logan Gilbert, a very highly touted prospect, pitching prospect for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, another one of those guys that has very good control and command of his pitches. The stuff's a little bit um, questionable, but obviously it's good enough where he is uh, listed as a very highly touted prospect for the Mariners. So we'll see what he does uh, throughout the years. Tristan McKenzie, uh, the stick-figured uh Cleveland Guardians uh, starting pitcher just making on making it onto this list on the whip and McKenzie as you'll see he does and, and even Gilbert too but these two guys Logan Gilbert and Tristan McKenzie they ranked in the top 10 among uh, all starting pitching all starting uh, all rookie starting pitchers in uh, strikeouts and let's sort that by strikeouts how are we doing on time here oh okay and Luis Garcia finishing number one. So Garcia finishing number one in both wins and strikeouts. Is it enough to proclaim him the 2021 4x5 hero? We shall see. Tyreek Skubal, uh pitched from the very beginning. So, you know, strikeouts are uh, accumulated stats. So pretty sure Scooball was benefiting from just going out there every five or six days. Trevor Rogers, Shane McClanahan, Tristan McKenzie round out the top five. JT Brubaker, who at one point was uh, a must-add free agent pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, before he kind of imploded because that's what Pirates pitchers do because anyway that's talk about misery over there but anyway, Brew Baker finishing in the top 10 in strikeouts so good for him uh, Logan Gilbert also we mentioned that already that he finished in the top 10 Alec Manoa who was I believe the only pitcher to place in all four of the traditional categories Cole Urban and once again, Ian Anderson at the bottom of the of the list here, but Cole Irvin making the list once again. The first appearance was in wins as he finished in second or tied for second. Yeah. So who was the most important four by five hero among all rookies? Alec Manoa. I mean, it, it had to be. I mean, he was the only one who placed it in all in the top 10 in all four categories. Uh he was uh yeah, showing up as half the battle, and Manoa definitely showed up. Uh, and he also um was very consistent uh, in terms of just going out there every five days. Yeah, that gives this guy a little bit of a spotlight because he definitely garnered the attention of those uh, uh, traditional counting stats, so to speak, those traditional rate stats Alec Manoa did. So what was Alec Manoa doing this past year? Nine and two record. He started 20 games, pitched 111 and two thirds of innings. Marvelous strikeout rate of 10.24, especially for a rookie. Walk per nine is pretty darn good at 3.22, not too high. Could be lower, but we'll work on that. Home run per nine below one, so you always want to make sure that's below one. If it has to be above one, make sure it's not over 1.20. I believe that's still the norm um, for uh, fans who are curious on checking out that statistic. Uh, yeah, 2.0 war. I mean, it's a lot to like here. 
with Alec Manoa. So hopefully he can continue to build off of that momentum and really break out in uh, next year. So I definitely have him on my radar. Uh, 31.2 outside the swing, uh, sorry, outside the strike zone swing percentage. So could be a little bit higher, but 31.2 is pretty healthy. 47.8 swing percentage. So we're getting close to that 50% uh, benchmark for him. What else we got here? Play discipline. Uh, yeah, very decent contact rates and a swinging strike rate of 12.6. Now, Felipe, you're going to ask me. Felipe, how does that rank among other pitchers, that 12.6 swinging strike percentage? I'm getting to it, boy. I'm getting to it, Haas. So we look at the leaderboard for plate discipline. Remember, Alec Manoa is at 12.6. I'm on my other screen uh, looking it up. And the 12.6. Oh, okay. Uh, he's in the top 15. So uh, Alec Manoa, is a, he's, le he's legit. If he would have qualified this year among all starting pitchers, he would have been in the top 15 among swinging strike percentage at 12.6, tied with Nathan Ovaldi, guys like Joe Musgrove, who threw a no-hitter, Aaron Nola, who the more people doubt him, the more he just comes up big, uh, for his, the Phillies. And it turns out that he's a real ace, or a real ace, I should say, because you know at this point, Zach Wheeler has overtaken him. But Aaron Walla, Aaron Nola makes for a, and Zach Wheeler make for a formidable one-two punch in Philadelphia. Brandon Woodruff in 11th place. Luis Castillo, despite the struggles, he his stuff is so damn good that he's still finished in, among the top 10. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, Frankie Montes, Garrett Cole, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, Kevin Gossman, my guy, Robbie Ray, Max Scherzer, and of course, number one, Corbin Burns with a big lead among the leaderboards at 16.6%. Others on the list, Luis Garcia, Trevor Rogers, Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen. If you don't like Drew Rasmussen, there's always Terry Scooball to put in your top five. And Tyler Gilbert, Cole Urban, Zach Thompson were the only other guys who finished with double-digit scores there. Let's go over to the Fangraphs War. Uh, so they, this section right here is uh, column H-I-J-K. That's more of the advanced statistics. And Trevor Rogers, number one. Trevor Rogers was having himself a great season. And then he mysteriously disappeared for, uh, I believe it was personal reasons. I don't remember seeing anything too specific. If you have more information about why Trevor Rogers disappeared, uh, let me know. But I have a bad feeling it might be something uh, familial, maybe a family matter of some sort. Uh, but I mean, he did come back and pitch some more to finish the year. But yeah, I don't think he's one of those guys who's going to be happy. Um, being uh, relegated uh, to spot duty, spot starting duty, or or being a relief pitcher. So Luis Garcia finishing in second, Shane McClanahan finishing in third, Logan Gilbert in fourth, Cole Urban in fifth. Uh, any names? Dane Dunning making his first appearance. Dane Dunning, the former White Sox pitcher who was traded in the Lance Lindiel, I believe, to the Texas Rangers. I never believed in him. I still don't, but hey. He makes the rookie starting pitching list because he finished uh, in the top 10 in Fangraphs War. Feel independent pitching. For those who don't remember, that's basically uh, how many strikeouts can a pitcher get? How many walks can he limit? How many home runs can he limit? How many hits by pitch can he limit? So, yeah, can't do much of anything. Uh, if, yeah, basically isolating, getting rid of the fielders and just seeing what the pitcher can do by his lonesome and uh, – Trevor Rogers is legit, finishing in first place uh, on that on this list. Followed by Tanner Hoak, Drew Rasmussen. If you don't like Drew Rasmussen, we can take him out and put in Shane McClanahan, Jake Wood, Woodford, Luis Garcia, and Logan Gilbert in the top five. So 
that's one way of putting it. But yeah, Trevor Rogers was having a really fantastic season before he uh, disappeared. So I hope everything's okay with him and his family. I have to assume it's a family matter. I honestly forgot how that jingle, oh, that jingle, sorry. The, uh, is it a jingle? Is it the TV show? Is it a jingle? Is that only for commercials? I don't remember. But yeah, Family Matters, a TV show. Anyway, XFIP uh, does the exact same thing that FIP does, but it accounts for home runs. So it doesn't penalize the home runs as much as the other categories, other statistical categories, just to say. Hold on a minute. Mm. Ah, Smells like controversy. Tanner Hawk, we talked about it in the previous episode, how uh, XFIP, uh, expected field independent pitching, kind of forgives these Red Sox pitchers, and Tanner Hoak is no different as he finishing first place on this list. Shane McClanahan also finishing way up top this list in second. Wesker Yanoa, man, still, if he could have just not done that to himself, where would he be? Trevor Rogers, Drew Rasmussen, Adbert Alzale, the Cubs fireballer, rookie fireballer, making his first appearance on this list. And uh, let's see, Alzale, huh? Albert Alzale. Let's see what he did this year. Because I know that he has a very high, uh, a high velo fastball. I don't remember seeing much on it uh, in terms of uh, the last time I I saw a Cubs game. It's been a while. Obviously, the Cubs were eliminated a long time ago from contention. So uh, Alzale, five and thirteen win loss record. Uh, 29 games, 21 starts, 9.17 strikeout per nine, 2.44 walk per nine. Home run ball is an issue. Uh, I guess that's why XFIP is, is kind of being forgiven of the guy here. He's kind of taking it taking it easy on Alzale. Still has a high below, 94.2 uh, miles per hour, 4.58 ERA, which uh, that's not good. The FIP is bad, but the XFIP is the saving grace probably because of the home runs. Uh, trying to uh, do more uh, league, av- trying to account for those home runs and turn them into a more of a league average, um, account for the league average factor, I should say. Other than that, I mean, he does a pretty good job of giving up weak contact. At least he tries to do so. I mean, with a high velocity, he, he, at one point, you could argue that Azale was the starting pitcher with the highest velocity among the Cubs starters, and that wasn't saying much. So, well, it is Azale. So, let's see, where was that? Uh, looking for the, I don't know, pitch effects or stack cast. There we go. I think we're getting close. No, what the hell? Ah, stack cast pitch velocity. Fastball, yeah, 94 miles an hour. Okay. So that's interesting. Plate discipline. What do you do this year? Uh, does a decent, does decent job of uh, inducing swings. That would explain the respectable K per nine. Uh, contact rate, it's a little tad high for a guy who's, uh, who could throw at high velocities, I guess, at this point. Um, what is that? Swinging strike rate of 11.8, so that's not bad at all. Could be worse. So we shall see if uh, Alzale becomes a bright spot for this uh, pathetic-looking Chicago Cubs team that's heading into next season. Uh, let's see. Anybody making a first appearance? Yeah, Jake, Jake Woodford of the St. Louis Cardinals makes his one and only appearance on this list. David Peterson, Tyler McGill, they also make their first appearance, so they're not going to matter anytime soon. Uh, let's see. Era. Tanner Hawk. 
finishing number one again on this list. Oscar Yanoa, number two, Shane McClanahan, number three, Trevor Rogers. It's clean sweep for Trevor Rogers, finishing uh, in the top 10 in all eight categories that I used for this exercise. That's pretty cool. Bailey Ober, that's the big, uh, the big guy from the Minnesota Twins, I believe. I think uh, he's listed at 6'9". Let's take a quick look. 6'9", 230, I believe. No, 6'9", 260. So Timberwolves uh, can use a power forward. They can just go with Bailey Ober. Uh, what's his uh, saving grace? Not much. A good changeup for a guy like him. It's kind of disappointing to see that he doesn't have much of a fastball, but the changeup is his bread and butter, along with his good, a really good command, as according to the prospect report of 2021 uh, over here at Fangraphs. Ober finished with a 3-3 three and three record, 92, point a, 92 and a third innings pitch, 9.36 strikeout per nine. Very minuscule walk per nine of 1.85. So, now this this guy uh i i i know sean uh talked him up a lot me i was taking a wait and see approach on him in terms of fantasy baseball uh talk here i mean i like him i like the, his build 69 260 you gotta love that uh hopefully that translates into durability but i just need to see more of him can i if he shows me more it will will he will he'll eventually win out my trust i don't know but yeah, I'm definitely taking a wait and see approach on him. I know guys like Sean are, if they see Bailey over available late in the draft, they're going to be like, yeah, that he's mine now. And everybody else got screwed. So plate discipline, plate discipline, plate discipline, plate discipline. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The deuce is plenty of swings. 11.4 swing strike percentage. Yeah. Definitely someone you want to keep a, keep our eye on and maybe move up your rankings for next season for sure. So that brings us to the end of the uh, list here. Who was the best starting pitcher? Well, we little bit of a foreshadowing. The fact that Trevor Rogers, I mean, I, okay, for first and foremost, we don't add all of this. I mean, this is just the strikeouts, F4, FIP, XFIP, and Sierra. That's how we got to 42. But the fact that Trevor Rogers was able to um, satisfy both traditional uh, st- statisticians and, and fantasy baseball leaguers, as well as the advanced statistics crowd with his uh, top 10 rankings and all these categories that we use. I mean, could you just imagine what would have happened had he been there for the entirety of the year? I mean, this, not, I, mean, I guess we'll never know, but that, that would have been awesome to see uh, Trevor Rogers just completely obliterate. I mean, we might be talking about a guy, I mean, it's hard with Jonathan India, but he just doesn't miss those games. Maybe, maybe, maybe he gets some strong consideration for National League Rookie of the Year. So keep an eye out on him as well. Shane McClanahan finishing in second. Uh, Tanner Hoek in third. Those are the three pitchers that finish above 30 points on this list. Luis Garcia finishing in fourth. Logan Gilbert, Oscar Yanoa, Drew Rasmussen, Tarek, I'm sorry, Tariq Skubal, Alec Manoa. These were the only pitchers that finished above the top. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, who finished above 10 points or more on this list. Tyler McGill and Cole Urban with eight points each solidify and round out the top 10 of this rookie spreadsheet. Brings us our next topic. So I'm just trying to make this a little bit bigger for all the people watching live. Who is the best rookie rotation you could come up with? Uh, for the 2021 season. And we pretty much have the same list. I believe it's the same list. I think the only difference is I have Alec Manoa on my list. And I believe 
I guess he went with Logan. No, he has Logan Gilbert. Hmm. What am I missing here? All right. Oh, Drew Rasmussen. Right. Yeah, I didn't include Drew Rasmussen on my on my list, but my list consists of Trevor Rogers, Shane McClanahan, Tanner Hook, Luis Garcia, Logan Gilbert, and Alec Manoa. Austin has the same guys, basically, except for Drew Rasmussen. Uh, he does not have Alec Manoa. I feel like you got to reward Alec Manoa for being a, uh, the closest we have to a workhorse in terms of rookies. And he did that. He showed up. It was, from what I understand, he was uh, uh, given uh, the opportunity to start in Toronto. So, and he took advantage of it. And he was able to make my list for sure. So, and uh, I think uh, people are going to remember him for next year as well, especially on a very good Toronto Blue Jays team. Let's look at the rookie relief pitchers. But before I do, I just wanted to take a break in the action. So, yeah, I just wanted to uh, do something different here. I, that's something I haven't done in a while. Uh, oh, more people are tuning in. Uh, Phil. Oh, sh- <laughs> hey, Phil. My name is Felipe. How you doing? Phil from, uh, where's he from? Northwest Illinois, somewhere around there. Johnny Geo, our, our baseball group's uh, chef. He's also watching for a bit. I saw that Jacob from the Step Back Basketball Podcast showed up as well earlier today. So thank you all, guys, uh, for joining me today. Talk some rookie baseball here. Let me take another sip of this tea. Mm. Mercy. Tastes like I'm about to uh, disclose some confidential information. But I try not to spill the tea here. Oh, let's take a look here. Uh, some of the posts. I haven't done this in a while. I wanted to just touch base on some of the happenings on the Baseball Life Facebook group. That's where we're going in live. We try to go every week. Uh, but like I said, this is a final show before the Thanksgiving break. Uh, in news today, Eduardo Rodriguez signs with the uh, Detroit Tigers. I believe it was a five-year, $77 million contract. And of course, now that I want to see the rest of the post, my phone is acting up. So, of course, nothing can ever go right in these parts. Uh, speaking of nothing going going right, uh, we do have a little bit of tragedy as uh, Julio Lugo, the former Major League Baseball player, uh, died today at the age of what was it 45 years old? Um, Julio Lugo, uh, from what I remember, middle infielder. I believe he was with the Red Sox. Played, looks like he played from 2000 through 2011. Uh, right handed hitter and uh, infielder, shortstop mostly. 6'1, 175 pound. Played for the Astros. Oh, yeah, I remember him with the Astros. Uh, got his start with the Astros, actually. Played with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. So, yeah, that, that's how old he goes back. Uh, so, decent 10 and 10 guy, 10 home runs and 10 stolen bases. He was able to do that. Oh, wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, six times where he went 10 and 10. That's pretty darn good. What is that? Let me, am I, one, two, three, four. I'll make that. F- Sorry, make that four. I have the partial seasons feature on. That's that's on me. That's my fault. Uh, so four times. That's still, it's not, it's pretty darn good. I wasn't expecting that much pop from Julio Lugo. Also played for the Dodgers, the Red Sox. Uh, looks like he won a World Series championship in 2007. Played a little bit for the Cardinals. Played a little bit for the uh, Braves. Uh, part-time duty. The Orioles as well. 
finished with a career uh, 13.9 war, which is uh, unfortunately it's on the low side. His best season. Yeah, 2005, it looks like. 2005 with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, according to Fangraph's war, wins above replacement, 4.6. I mean, wow, 4.6 out of Julio Lugo. Age 29 year, 158 games, so he was durable, 690 plate appearances. Sorry, 690, not 698. 690 plate appearances. Six home runs. 39 stolen bases. Jesus. Is that a career high? Yes, it is. The next time that he would post a 30-plus stolen base season was in 2007 with the Boston Red Sox. So uh, very patient, high-contact rate uh, hitter. Not much power, not much pop, but, you know, like I mentioned, he will occasionally surprise you with 10 home run power. Uh, was an average uh, hit for average hitter, 295 batting average in 2005. Very high on-base percentage, 362. Kind of reminds me of the one of the people we just talked about. Uh, and now, of course, the name escapes me. What was that guy we were just talking about? Um, let's look back at the hitters here. Mm. Oh, oh, okay. So a little bit of Ramon Urias lives in uh, – say that Ramon Urias is uh, maintaining that legacy for Julio Lugo. They're not real. I don't think they're related or anything like that, but they're connected by position and by the fact that they're both major leaguers. I believe they have the same stature, same, uh, well, similar uh, hitting profile looks like. So, yeah. Wow. So Julio Lugo died of a heart attack, age 45, according to the family. It's really tragic, really sad. So rest in peace uh, to, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's just kind of shocking. 45 years old is way too young. I mean, I myself, I'm whew, I'm knocking on the door at 40 years old. So I can only imagine the, his family being grief stricken right now. I mean, former major league baseball player uh, in, in, in bad shape to get a heart attack. That's really tragic if you all things considered here. Uh, but anyway, let's see if my phone is working. Let's see what else, other news we got. Uh, let's see. What is this Yankees name? Former uh, Yankees name. According to the Athletic, the Yankees named former Mets manager Luis Rojas as their new third base coach. Uh, okay, that's cool. Uh, I know there was other stuff that was kind of catching my eye that I wanted to discuss here. Uh, I guess not. Oh, I did post the uh, all defensive uh, baseball uh, podcast picks as well as the base running picks over at the Baseball Life Facebook group. So check out our list there. We, if you've listened to the show before, you already know that we ran through those. Uh, when we did the episodes live, there was other stuff here, but eh. oh, name a well-known Major League Baseball player not in the Hall of Fame. I remember the name Reggie Smith always pops in my head, and I must have done something where I was only looking at his era of baseball, and I just remember him kind of finishing among the best in terms of the of the WAR calculation. Like he finished uh, with a positive offensive uh, runs above replacement. Uh, really high, uh, really good, decent, high defensive runs of up replacement, a really good base runner as well. So he was like, he was one of the few guys uh, among all the qualifying hitters uh, during his era of play that qualified or that, that got uh, all positive scores in the war calculations. So, although it says famous players, so I know not many people are going to know who Reggie Smith is, but I don't know. Every time people ask me who's a Hall of Famer that, or what's a, a baseball player from yesteryear that should be in the Hall of Fame? That's the first thing that comes to mind. 76 years old already. He's not getting any younger, obviously. Bats right-handed, throws right-handed. Six foot, 195 pounder, outfielder. Played from 1966 to 1982. 
64.6 war, man, uh, according to Fangraphs. Uh, so there must have been some adjustment. He got a negative 2.5 base running score. I could have sworn that was on a positive side, but I guess not. But 331.6 offensive runs above replacement, 25.5 defensive runs above replacement. What more do you guys want? What more do you guys want from the guy? So from 66, let's uh, let's have some fun here. Well, we have the rookie stuff. So we're not even talking about the rookie. So let's uh, see if I could. Okay, I could turn that off for sure. And now you see my mug. So let's take a look, man. 19. Let's make it. Uh, let's make it from 1965 to 1985. That nice little 20 years. No, you, you guys are not satisfied with it. Okay, let's go 1960. Let's let's make let's just go crazy here. 1960. If I could find it on the Fangrass machine. 1960 to 1985. So a nice 25-year sample size. Where does Reggie Smith's 66 war uh, rank in the grand scheme of things from that era? So typical, you know, Hank Aaron at number one, Joe Morgan, Carl Yastrzemski, Mike Schmidt, and Willie Mays run out the top five from that era from 60, uh, what was it? From 1960 to 1985. And Reggie Smith, during that 25-year span, ranked 17th overall in terms of Fangraph's war at 64.6. Finishing ahead of guys like Willie McCovey, Willie Stargell, Harmon Killebrew, Joe Torrey, Dick Allen, Billy Williams, Gary Carter, Tony Perez. Got some Hall of Famers on that list. Finishing just a little bit behind George Brett. So um, Greg, Greg Nettles also uh, was a pretty darn good player in his own right as well back in the day. But yeah, Reggie Smith's always the guy that, why not give him a chance? I mean, 314 home runs, that's not saying much, but kind of considered that he was, uh, most of his prime was spent during that uh, pitching dominant era of the late 60s, early 70s. So he was uh, he was a casualty of that. But 314 home runs from a, a really good outfielder, that's not too shabby. I, I imagine that he was a, sort of an athletic kind of outfielder. I didn't get a chance to watch him play, but that's how I envision him. For those who did watch him play, please let me know. Tell me some stories. I want to hear them. So Reggie Smith, 314 home runs. That's... Um, of 922 qualifying hitters from 60, 1960 to 1985, Reggie Smith's 27th overall in home runs. I mean, I don't know what more do you guys want from the guy. But here I am trying to convince people to vote for Reggie Smith for Hall of Fame. Probably has no chance, a snowball's chance in hell to get in there. Let's, uh, let's take a look at this triple slash, and then we'll go back to the rookies here. Batting average 287, on-base percentage of 366 and 489 slugging. 379 weighted on base average and a 137 WRC plus. Basically, he was, during this era, he was Reggie Smith was 37% better than a league average than the league average hitter. So the WRC plus puts him at 23rd in that time span, just behind guys like Ricky Henderson, Daryl Strawberry, Norm Cash, and ahead of guys like Al Kaline, Jack Clark, Eddie Matthews, Joe Morgan. I mean, not, not all those guys are Hall of Famers. But, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a who's who of Major League Baseball uh, uh, important players from the from from the olden days before I was born. So there you have it. Give Reggie Smith a chance. So then you might want to ask me, well, who else is on that list that may not be a Hall of Famer? Uh, Pete Rose, I guess. It's the, the name that kind of sticks out. Uh, Bobby Gerich, 14th in the war on the war list from 1960 to 85. 
so yeah, he deserves some consideration. I know most people don't care or don't, they don't really consider Bobby Gerich a Hall of Famer, but I mean, you can make a case for him if you uh, look at the second baseman. He has 215 home runs. To put that in perspective, Joe Morgan, who uh, basically had the lead in that category for a long time during this time span, has 268 home runs. It's not that far off for a second baseman, but I digress. Reggie Smith, not in the Hall of Fame. Dick Allen, I don't believe he's in the Hall of Fame, probably deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Bobby Bonds, you can make a case uh, from 1960 to 1985. It's probably not the complete his complete career, but 332 home runs and 460 stolen bases. I thought people like power speed combo players. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. Anyway, uh, anything else on the docket today? Uh, Melvin sharing. Oh yeah. He shares the news about Julio Lugo. Does he have anything else to add to this? Uh, Julio not only was a champion with the Boston Red Sox, but he was also a champion with Leones del Escogido played in three Caribbean series representing Dominican Republic. His best performance came in 2013, uh, in the 2013 series when he had an ops on base plus slugging percentage of 873. Dong City will be on Wednesday night. Vince and Henry are back. So they'll be carrying the baseball load for a little bit while I'm gone. I'm kind of curious to see if that's their last show of the of, of the month as well, or even the year. I know that they've been known to take longer breaks um, during this time of the year. BaseballRumors.com has an article about Shoyo Tani opening up, opening up about all the losing with the Angels. I, I hope he, I hope he continues to get used to that. <laughs> so it looks like that Angels team's not going to win anything anytime soon unless there's a Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon can stay healthy and they catch lightning in a bottle in the pitching rotation. Anyway, let's get going. So I got a uh, finishing up. We're going to finish up the the rookie the rookie talk with the relief pitchers yes and then we can go home well i'm already home but you know what i mean let's go home show all right so let's go category by category how are we doing on time i believe i was doing pretty well last time i spoke with you uh sorry last time i checked and let's see where we are Ah, okay, so yeah, we're almost done here. All right, so uh, rookie saves, Emmanuel Classe, number one, followed by Jordan Romano, Tyler, Roger, Tyler Rogers, that's Taylor's brother, James Karinchak, and Kyle Finnegan of the Cincinnati Reds, I believe, right? Or he was with the Reds at one point in his career. Let me see, where is he at now? When I eat, me spend Nationals. Nationals. Why does that name sound familiar? Oh, okay, never mind. Thinking of Brandon Finnegan. Sorry about that, gang. All right. So those are the top five in saves. Let's go quickly to holds. Tyler Rogers uh, making both the saves and the holds category. So that's going to be a very important to remember. Uh, Genesis Cabrera for the Cardinals. Uh, he showed up a lot on the Major League Best uh, Relief Pitchers of 2021, regardless of rookie. So Cabrera making his presence felt even as a rookie among all relief pitchers. Devin Williams, he was on the list last year. He's on the list this year. So I guess he somehow qualified for rookie status this season. Anthony Mishvitz, 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 Mishvitz. 
Is that what the is he still with the Mariners or the Blue Jays? I don't remember. It's like you know the 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 baseball regular season, and then and I'm forgetting all these guys. Seattle Mariners, okay. And Cody Hewer, I believe he's now with the Cubs. I believe he's in that trade for Ryan Tapera or Craig Kimball or somebody. I don't know. So the Cubs got an arm back. He got an arm. Yeah, that's it. Cubs. Interesting. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, didn't pitch with the White Sox last year. Anyway. Uh, so we added saves and holds here. Uh, Tyler Rogers finishing in first. I mean, <laughs> you're going to rank in both categories. It's an easy win for Tyler Rogers, but Emmanuel Classe is right there as a leader in saves. So we'll see how that uh, translates to the rest of this list. Let's go to ERA earned run average. Uh, Emmanuel Classe dominating, dominating with his 100 mile per hour cutter along with his 100 mile per hour fastball. I mean, I can't wait to see more of him next year. And, uh, Maybe he'll have more of a defined role in the bullpen, but it is uh, Cleveland does things a little different. Um, they take pride in just being able to have that kind of pitching flexibility with all their pitchers. Louis Head, uh, who's he from again? Is that is that the Royals or the or the Tampa Bay Rays? Who's he playing? Who did he play with last season? Oh, the Marlins, uh, Florida team. No, why is he? Oh, okay. Did he? Oh, my God. Okay, so Louis Head was traded from the race of the Marlins on Sunday in exchange for a player to be named later. For a player to be named later. And ca- my favorite player of all time, cash considerations. So Louis Head, not a Mar- now a Marlin, but 31-year-old, or, yeah, 31-year-old rookie for the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. How, how, how's this stuff looking? Stack cast, Okay. I was looking for pitch velocity. I'm kind of interested to see that. Stack has velocity, 93.7 miles an hour, and is equipped with a slider and changeup. So, okay. Did not expect him to be on that list. Garrett Whitlock, there's a guy I expect to be on the list, Garrett Whitlock, uh, making his rookie presence felt this year, Jordan Romano and TJ Antone. Uh, I know Sean was very high on him coming into this 2021 season. So he... If ERA is everything, he did finish uh, in the top five there. The whip. Louis Head again with the low whip. How low are we talking about here? Lou, Lou Head. 0.86 whip. Wow. Okay, that's impressive. See what he does next year. I mean, the strikeouts are a little, a little low, but hard to argue with the command and control that Louis Head is able to bring to the table. TJ Anton making his presence felt again on the whip. Jake Brents, I think, I believe that's another Tampa Bay Rays pitcher. Let me double check that for you guys. Jake Brents. I don't know. Oh, he's the Royals. Okay. So, yeah, we were expecting to get big a big year from Josh Stoutman, which I guess we technically did. But it, Jake Brents is the one with the low um, the low rate stats, uh, the traditional low rate stats in ERA and whip. Emmanuel Classe, not to be outdone, he, he also ranks on the uh, whip list. Tyler Rogers also making his presence felt along with Jorge Alcala of the Twins. I let's go to strikeouts really quick. Devin Williams, of course, no surprise there. Jordan Romano, Garrett Whitlock, Michael Kopech. I mean, these are guys that we expect to see. James Karinchak, guy is equipped with a very high fastball. All these guys are pretty much um, are equipped with high fastball velocities. So four by five, four by five heroes. So basically. Uh, the ranking, the, the points, uh, rankings, and saves and holds. I'm sorry, saves. 
because you know it's four by five. So if it's a rotisserie league, five by five, you only care about saves, whip, wins, ERA, and strikeouts. For relief pitchers, it's saves, ERA, whip, and strikeouts. That's what makes a four by five hero. So who finished number one on the list here? Emmanuel Classe. Manuel Classe with 27 big points and just ahead of Jordan Romano, who also had a really, really good year this past year. Louis Head, Tyler Rogers, TJ Anton, Garrett Whitlock, James Karinchak, Devin Williams, Jake Brents, David Bednar. David Bednar. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see his name show up a lot. I, I, I kind of slept on him this past year. Um, probably because he pitched for the Pirates this year, right? So, you know, if you, if you pitch for the Pirates, you must be awful. But David Bednar proved otherwise because he's going to show up a lot when we get to the advanced stats. But those are the top 10 pitchers, the only 10 pitchers who got double-digit points on my list. Let's go over to the Fangraphs War. Excuse me. Uh, But before we do, David Bednar, 61 games played, got three saves uh, uh, for his troubles, 60 and two-thirds innings. Okay, he throws. He's a right-handed uh, relief pitcher, 27 years old. Actually, 26 this past season, 27 in October. 6'1", 245, so a husky guy. Limits his home runs. Very good strikeout per nine, 11.42 strikeout per nine. Very high velocity, uh, fastball velocity, 97 miles an hour. Uh, good ERA, good fit, good, good, just, just good advanced stats, you know. It's really uh, – Gives up a lot of lot of weak contact according to his exit velocity of eighty seven point two miles per hour. Uh, da, 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 how what, what what's he doing in the plate discipline department? Oh yeah, that's what we're looking for. Fifty three point five percent swing percentage and a fifteen point five swing and strike percentage as well. Low contact rates. I mean, what more do you guys want? Fifty three point five swing percentage. I'm kind of curious. Uh, the big picture aspect of it. Where does that rank him? Among relievers, the 53.5 swing percentage. So that's basically every other pitch he's inducing a hitter to swing at his pitches. And at 53.5, yeah, top 10. Guys like Jake McGee, Liam Hendricks, they're at the top of this uh, swing percentage list. So Manuel Classe at number six. So, yeah, that's what you want to see. You want to see those guys with the good stuff inducing lots of swings. Where was I? I was, oh, the F4. Was it F4? Oh, yeah, David Bednar, Michael Kopech, all those guys. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, no, I, I was talking about the 4 by 5 heroes. And then we move on to Fangraphs War with Emmanuel Classe, Garrett Whitlock, Cole Solzer making his first appearance. I believe he's the – I guess he was closing some games for the Orioles the last couple of seasons. Let me double-check that because, yeah, definitely plays for the Orioles. That's, hmm, I, okay, so I must be thinking about somebody else then. Oh, no, that, that was him. Yeah, I remember him. God, he was bad last year, but he turned things around this year. So, <laughs> so he must he must have learned some. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that he was able to uh, fix a lot of the issues that he had last year uh, for this season. So yeah, good for him. Good for him. I still don't trust him though. But you know, you want to roll the dice with Cole Solzer? Be my guest. Uh, Devin Williams and Tyler Rogers round out, round out the top five. Garrett Croquet making his first appearance on the list, and that's. All there is to Fangraphs War. We're almost done here. Field independent pitching. Manuel Classe. It's, it's, it's the same. I mean, you're seeing it right here. Let's, let's just cut to the chase here. Emmanuel Classe finished number one in all four of these categories. I mean, do you guys like to 
complain a lot of you guys not 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 maybe not most of you guys listening in right now but a lot of people like to complain about these advanced stats how they're not reliable they're fake numbers they're 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 nerdy numbers created by nerds and they're evil and they're ruining baseball but if ever there was a time for a pitcher to dominate with a 100 mile per hour fastball to go along with a 100 mile per hour cutter this is what it looks like just dominating every single statistical category being used here to gauge performance among the rookies david bednar also showing up on the list peter fairbanks who uh kind of broke out last year garrett croquet also on this list devin williams garrett whitlock i mean it's the who's who man what else do you guys want it's the who's who of uh, relief pitchers pitchers that were uh, i mean they're just rookies but they were counted on to step up in big situations for their current major league teams xfip like we mentioned before this one accounts for home runs a lot as well as the strikeouts the walks the hits by pitch and all that uh it, it turns the home runs into more of a league average sco- uh, score environment Again, check out Fangraphs.com for more details regarding that. Manuel Classe, once again, finishing in first. Evan Williams, who dominated these lists last year, uh, getting second. David Bednar, Garrett Whitlock, TJ Anton, round out the top five. Anthony Bender. Oh, okay, making another appearance here. I didn't, I forgot to. Oh, no, 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 no. Anthony Bender got uh, one point for being tied for ninth or, no, being tied for 10th among saves um, in this grouping here. Uh, Joely, Joely Rodriguez also making the list and Drew Rasmussen who was on the starting pitching list he took a point away from uh, uh, a guy who was predominantly predominantly a relief pitcher probably Drew Rasmussen getting a one single point for his uh, relief pitching work Sierra skills interactive ERA that's probably my favorite statistic of all the advanced stats does the same thing that these other two statistics do the FIP XFIP the field independent pitching statistics but Sierra accounts for balls and play data. And again, I urge everybody to check out the Fangraphs website for more details and information on Sierra Skills Interactive ERA. But again, Class A, number one, Michael Kopeck, number two, Devin Williams, number three, David Bettner, number four, Jordan Romano. It's the same guys. Gang is the same guys. If I you want me to keep going, T, uh, Garrett Whitlock, TJ Anton, Anthony Bender making another appearance uh, at the last minute, Ryan Thompson. Who uh, who placed uh, on the whip as well, and then the last guy. Oh, I, yeah, that's I'm stuck there. I have no idea who Bailey Falter is. So that one's a name that came out of nowhere for me. But who was the best relief pitcher of 2021 according to what's the what's the stats we're using? So we're using the holds and holds plus saves uh, number that we got here. Uh, strikeouts and all these four categories right here. And it was a lot closer than what it looks, but Emmanuel Classe, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, got 50 big points out of this. So that's pretty impressive. 50 big points, just dominating. Oh, and I guess not dominating, but you know, he, got the, he got the nice round score. Uh, in second place, very close was Devin Williams, but that's not surprising. I mean, Devin Williams is one has proven to be one of the better uh, young up-and-coming relief pitchers in all of baseball. Garrett Whitlock finishing a distant third. David Bettnar losing out uh, by a point to Whitlock. Jordan Romano in fifth. Tyler Rogers uh, in sixth. Michael Kopech in seventh. Genesis Cabrera, the book of Genesis Cabrera. The book of Sega Genesis Cabrera. I mean, I'm just throwing out fantasy names for you guys next year. 
Cole Solzer in ninth, Peter Fairbanks tied with Garrett Croquet and James Karachak in 11th. Yep. No, 10th. Sorry, in 10th. And then rounding out the top 13, the only players to get double digit points, TJ Anton finishes up this list. So that brings us to our, yeah, that's our last one. All right. We made it, you guys. Woo. We made it. Here's the total basis podcast rookie bullpen. It's pretty much the same, guys. Emmanuel Classe is my, uh, this should have said uh, RP1, RP2, RP3, RP4, RP5, RP, uh, PR, no, R- ah, I can't type, RP6. So basically, it's the same, guys. Emmanuel Classe is the the number one uh, bullpen ace that we have here, followed by Garrett Whitlock, David Bettnar, Jordan Romano, Devin Williams, Tyler Rogers, a submarine throwing, uh, brother of taylor rogers of the minnesota twins and there you have it that is the best bullpen rookie bullpen you could have uh constructed this in this 2021 season be sure to uh feel free to share anybody else that i may have missed i know uh, these numbers don't always uh get everybody that deserves to be uh notarized i guess for lack of a better term so if I miss anybody or if you're excited about a rookie or a prospect, let me know on the comments below. Um, what do you call it? Yeah, let me know in the comments below and uh, we can continue the discussion there. As far as the real Major League Baseball, I mean, you have, uh, let me start from the top here on a separate page. The finalists are Randy Arozarena, according to the who's this, the Baseball Writers Association of America. I think so. I'm going to assume so. Let's just go with it. All right. Randy Arozarena is the American League candidate, along with his teammate Wander Franco. And uh, Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros. That is Sean's pick to click for, or at least that's who he would have voted for if he had a vote to begin with. Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros, a right-handed pitcher. Over the National League, Dylan Carlson, Jonathan India. That's my pick to click. I think he's he should win it. There's like no other justification for anybody else here. And Trevor Rogers. I, you know, if Trevor Rogers would have not have missed all that time, I think he would have had a really good chance of of maybe stealing a lot more votes from Jonathan India. Maybe long, long shot and a rookie of the year winner, long shot, but still a shot nonetheless. Just kind of uh, the upset of upsets here, but he did miss all that time. So now we'll never know. But uh, that is the third installment of our award seasons. Uh, I know that there's a manager of the year, but I don't care about the managers, whatever. It's going to be what Gabe Kapler, maybe. And oh, boy. Tony Larusa, I don't know. I don't care. Let's, let's see. Take a quick look at the managerial position here. So I heard beeping through my headphones. Oh, for heaven's sake, manager. Sorry about that. Um, but, 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 where are the managers? Ah, here we go. Keep hearing this beeping sound. Okay, Craig Council, Gabe Kapler, Mike Schilt. Oh, okay. Uh, it's going to go to Gabe Kapler. Yeah, I think that's, we talked about that uh, ad nauseum this past year. Manager of the Year, American League, Dusty Baker, Kevin Cash, and Scott Service. Oh, really? Okay. 
guess got service. Nobody was expecting the Mariners to do anything this year, and managers get the credit for doing that. So whatever. Uh, as mentioned before, this was part three of our three-part series about the awards. We did uh, the hitters, we did the pitchers, we did the rookies. We, oh, we all oh, actually part four actually, because we also did the defensive players as well. Uh, but yeah, feel free to catch all our uh, previous episodes and all our uh, breakdown of the awards um, on Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple is the big one that people like to use. I, I, I learned that recently, so. Definitely check us there. Leave a review. Give us a five-star five star rating. I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, check us out on YouTube's as well. If you uh, if you want to, if you're on audio only and are you know you want to see the the list that I share with everybody live here on the face on the baseball live Facebook group, go check out our YouTube page as well under the Life Group Podcast uh, banner. Same thing with uh, the audio only format, the Life Group Podcast uh, page uh, on those. Uh, podcast platforms i just shared with you all we have other podcasts but i see that i'm running out of time and i'm getting very hungry so uh, everybody thank you so much uh every, uh, i'm not gonna see a lot of you guys live uh, uh until december so i hope everybody has a wonderful thanksgiving hope everybody enjoys the uh, the hot stove league we'll be back sometime early early december uh, until then have a good one everybody take care <laughs>